What is going on, guys? Welcome to the return of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and for the first time in a long time, I'm joined by two men, two shining stars of the DFS industry, two flowers on the precipice of budding into greatness, if you will. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about the two J's, Joey Carrion and Jared Marcus, gentlemen. How the hell are you? <laughs> I'm great. That was a great intro, Ben. Yeah, I'm, appreciate yeah, that. I appreciate the kind words, honestly. Yeah, I'm chilling, dude. I'm chilling. Great. What you boys been up to this off season? It's been a couple months since we did one of these. I've been playing some fantasy baseball. Uh, yeah, you killing you killing it out there? Yeah. Uh, I won a tournament, fifteen hundred. Okay. All right, that's not bad. But uh. Bad at all. Yeah, it's been a solid. Season. How about you, Joey? Yeah, I just, I've just been mm. missing football. Yes. You know, favorite sport. Um, just miss it. You know, can't wait for September. Yeah, um, about a little less than two months away from the start of the season. So you know, obviously we're primarily a DFS show. So we're gonna talk a little bit of DFS in here, but you know, for the next month or so, we're primarily gonna be focused on like redraft and just basic fantasy football information and stuff like that. So you know, next week, most of the teams in the NFL are gonna be reporting to camp. So uh, we'll have we'll have some stuff to talk about yeah. over these next coming weeks. As you can see, we have a new format. We are on video, so you can. Hit us on YouTube with this format, but we'll still be an audio podcast as well on, you know, Apple, SoundCloud, hopefully Spotify soon, and uh, you'll be able to find us on all these platforms, hopefully. of course, at the DFS Dose on Twitter. Yes, sir. All right, boys. You know, Ben, how how is? Oh, I've been pretty good, man. Been? Yeah, you know, I've been. Uh, I've been. You grinding you know i also miss football it's it's my main my main love when it comes to sports i've been doing these best ball videos uh, if you've been following on me uh if you follow me on twitter mm-hmm. at all you could see those more uh just talking best ball strategy talking about stacking some concepts that you know we use in every game of dfs can really translate in in a format like best ball as well so i think there's some upside in bringing like a dfs mindset to a to a season-long league facts Speaking of upside, do you want to um, inform the listeners? Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure, yeah. I've got, a, I've got a, a small partnership with Draft.com going. So if you guys uh, have never used Draft, it's a great it's a great site and app to use uh, for best ball leagues. I think they have the smoothest interface. Their app runs super smooth when it comes to drafting. So if you've never used them before and you feel like giving it a shot, they have tournaments up there. They have a guaranteed GPP with a million-dollar top prize mm-hmm. that you can compete for. Very similar to the DraftKings Millie Maker if, if you've ever played that. So, you know, you can head over there and when you make your first deposit, use promo code UPSIDE and they will hit you with a free $3 ticket to a contest of your choice. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty for lit. Sure. But, uh, great. For sure. Great boys. deal, honestly. Fantastic Incredible. deal. But I think that it's time that we get right into it. So, on today's show, uh, coming up, we're going to be debating the 101 pick in redraft leagues. Later, we're going to go over some impact situations currently happening in the NFL, including elite running backs preparing to hold out, looming suspensions, nagging injuries, and more. We're also going to discuss the most important lessons that the three of us learned in our own DFS play after having some time to reflect on 2018. You know, how can we improve our games going forward if we don't, like, look back and recognize where we were flawed? So we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. But I think that it's only natural that we start this podcast where every draft starts, and that is with the 101. So uh, what are you guys thinking when it comes to the 101 this year? Jared? I mean, we both agree yeah. on who's a clear-cut clear, 101. Clear-cut, no discussion. It's it's Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Oh, there's Not a doubt. And... Yeah. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's no doubt. There's no discussion. It's you take Barkley, you lose your league. Do you guys want to make the argument for Barkley? Because there's there's several players in contention. I mean, the, the fantasy community as a whole is sort of embracing this top four of Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, and Alvin Kamara. 
I guess that's sort of looked at as the top mm-hmm. tier. I mean, I think that there's a guy missing from that group, but I'll talk about him at the end of this segment. Oh my god. I mean, it's it's clear clear as day, but we'll get into it. I mean, let's talk about these top four guys right off the bat and why you think Barkley uh leads the leads the four of them. Alright. I mean, what what's not to like about Barkley's game? He's a he's a workhorse. He had how many yards did he have last year? Twenty uh, wow, twenty. Two thousand and twenty eight yards and fifteen touchdowns last year. Who who a lot of yards. A lot of yards. And a lot of touchdowns. And a lot of touchdowns. And they were in the bottom half of the league in scoring last year. If they improve at all, which will be hard because they lost Odell, and Eli Manning is just going to keep sucking. Being Eli Manning. But, I mean, that's just, he had 91 catches last year. 91 catches last year. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot for a running back in that Giants offense that was honestly seemed pretty bad, but they finished 16th in scoring offense, so I guess they were middle of the road. Um, everyone expects expects the Giants to be really bad this year. Um, like Jared said, they lost Odell, but I think I think Saquon is just the clear cut 101. I think. Um, He's just an animal. He produces. Um, he'll give you everything. He'll give you catches. He'll give you yards. He'll give you touchdowns. And I think losing Odell will benefit him more than it will the other receivers, such as Sterling Shepard, uh, Golden Tate, and my sleeper pick, Darius well, Slayton. you can't deny what he does in the receiving game. He was 20th in the league in targets. I mean, that's more than some teams' wide receiver ones. That's more targets than T.Y. Hilton got, Kenny Galladay, Brand Cooks. I mean, he for sure gets the receiving work but I don't really see like how that goes higher he already seemed to like hit sort of a ceiling in terms of receiving floor and I just think the loss of Odell especially I mean Jared mentioned as well you know Eli Manning another year even if he only starts eight games like that is going to be a bad offense I don't think that they're going to be able to be the 16th ranked scoring offense again I think they're going to be much lower so I would see Barkley's touchdowns going down they would they would have to no shot Mm -hmm. no shot they're going up. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're going up. He's he's getting fifteen's a lot. Okay. He had eleven. All right, we'll watch this year when he gets seventeen. I mean, if his red zone attempts go down, how are his touchdowns I mean, gonna stay the same? Because he's a grown ass man. That's mm-hmm. why. <laughs> See, <laughs> I think the I think um the argument that you don't think their scoring offense is going to be as good as last year where, I mean, they were middle of the road, but they averaged 23.1 points per game last year. And if they're bad again this year, they're going to be down a lot in every game, which means it's going to be good game scripts for them to just throw the ball. And Eli Manning is captain check down. So I think, I think Barkley can uh, reproduce his receiving stat line and then his rushing stat line. Obviously they're going to feed him the ball. He had 261 carries last year, um, 1,300 rushing yards, 1,300 plus, um, 11 rushing touchdowns. So I think the rushing stat line can be reproduced easily, and I think with the game scripts in mind that Barkley can reach um, his receiving ceiling from last year and maybe even surpass it. He's going to be 1,000, 1,000 this year. Interesting. Well, that's a pretty decent case for Saquon Barkley. So let's talk about some of the other guys that people are drafting right in that same range. A lot of people seem to really love Christian McCaffrey, who took a huge step forward in 2018. He saw more than 100 more rush attempts than he got in 2018 compared to what he did his rookie year in 2017. And his catches went up as well from 80 to 107 receptions, which is 27 more than he got in his previous year and he only got 11 more targets so 27 more receptions only 11 more targets I mean CMC was used a ton in the passing game last year and he showed that he could be a good uh rusher as well yeah I like that but they said they wanted to reduce his workload well they have well they have a choice but like because I mean I don't think no I don't think they will (laughs) 
I kind of look at it like Cam Newton because, you know, year after year, the Panthers say that they want to reduce how much Cam Newton runs. And then they realize halfway through that he's only an average passer and that he has to run. So they run him into the ground. And last year that culminated in him getting a shoulder injury and him not being able to throw at all for, for the last six games of the season, so, pretty much. So, I mean, if Cam's yeah. shoulder, I mean, Cam's shoulder is a complete mystery. So I don't know if he's going to be ready for week one to be, to be at full strength. I mean, that benefited CMC in the second half of last year, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if uh, this offense in general, same thing with the Giants. I don't see if this offense is going to be that good this year. In terms of Cam Newton's shoulder, um, it's definitely a mystery. There was reports earlier this year that was saying that he might miss the season, but he'll probably play the season, obviously. But um, with that being said, I think that injury and the pieces in that offense, I don't think they'll be able to produce at a high rate. So I think McCaffrey will be the clear-cut number one option in the passing game, obviously in the running game because he's with really nobody behind him. And I think, yeah. Um, they signed Elijah Holyfield. Um, he's a, yeah, took the words right out of my mouth. But, <laughs> um, yeah, nobody's behind him on the depth chart. He's a great pass-catching running back. Like you said, he had 107 catches as a running back. That's insane. That's literally disgusting. Um, he's obviously going to get his rushing attempts. He got a bunch of goal line work Tom. last year. Um, I think I've, I think – Personally, if you want to go with him at 1.1, no. I think you can. I mean, he was he was no. just short of Barkley he, he in only, terms of yardage. I mean, yeah, by point yeah. twenty points in PPR, which we're talking about. If you if the listeners didn't know, PPR leagues, he finished point twenty points behind Barkley, and he finished as a yeah, running I mean, back also too. had double digit touchdowns, thirteen touchdowns, just short of two thousand yards with. Uh, 1,965 total. I mean, also, like Barkley, over 300 touches, 326. So, I mean, you can make that argument, but I wouldn't personally. I'm not making that argument. There was a couple games where he just blew up and snapped. You're right. He's not He's not as consistent yeah. as Yeah, That's definitely seem. a good point. And, I mean, I was looking at these numbers, and I think it really heavily correlates with Cam Newton's shoulder. So, his, his shoulder, like... He started on the injury report in week seven, but in week 10, there was a blowout loss to the Steelers. Joey, you rem- uh, might remember we were in Vegas for this. Um, I definitely yeah, bet the game. under on this, and then the Steelers like scored 50 points on their own and went over. So, I mean, I was tight, but... but <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember yeah, this. Thursday Thursday but night game, but right? in that game, TJ yeah. Watt like, like destroyed Cam Newton, and it... it they're looking at that as the play. So, you know, week 11, he was pretty bad. But then if you look at Christian McCaffrey specifically from weeks 12 to 16, right, Christian McCaffrey never saw more than eight targets in a game between weeks 3 and week 11. Weeks 12 to 16, his targets were 11, 10, 7, 11, 13. Like, if you look at it throughout the season, clearly his targets went up after Cam Newton's shoulder went down because he couldn't throw deep anymore. So it was all dump-offs to CMC. So I think it's kind of a lose-lose situation. Either Cam Newton's shoulder gets better and and he pushes it downfield more, so less targets for CMC, or his shoulder stays bad and the Panthers aren't able to maintain being the 14th scoring offense in the league. I think that CMC is going to just take a nat- like a natural regression backwards. Yeah, and that's, my thing is if that's going to keep happening, these defenses are going to adjust, especially how with the Saints defense is good. So that's two times a year that they're going to adjust to that. The Falcons are getting Keanu Neal mm-hmm. and Deion Jones back. And that boy Deion can run with anybody in this league. I don't care. I don't care who it is other than, like, Tyreek. So he'll shut, the, he'll shut that McCaffrey stuff right down. And, I mean, Tampa sucks. But, like, that's already four games that I, unless he scores a touchdown, I don't see him getting over, like, 12 points. So, honestly, I'm I'm not a fan of CMC at all. One, especially 101, maybe like 106. Uh, you can't. You I'm can't good on that. The, he's 
he will no. never be there in 106 no. for a 2019 league. Yeah, I know. Never. I'm good. I'm good on it. Is he? That's, I'm good on it. Is he your? I'll pass. Your last ranked of these four. I'll take Kamara, Saquon. Bro, I'm taking a level for him. That's, I don't that, care. That that's cool, I'm for. I'm, I'm dead serious. Too, honestly, but let, let's stick with these top four here. Keep moving. I mean, you brought up the Saints, so we can actually no. Fuck that. Hold up. Let me go back. I want to do. I want to do Kamara last. <laughs> um, the fuck. What were we just saying? Zeke. Okay. Zeke. So let's stick with these four elite running backs right now and move on to Zeke. So despite missing a game last year, he led the NFL in rush attempts with 304. The next closest was Barkley, and he was 43 attempts behind Zeke. So if Zeke plays 16 games, I don't see anybody in the league having as many rush attempts as him. But the thing with Zeke is last year, his targets went up. He managed to have two times more targets than his previous career high. Um, I mean, getting 77 catches for 567 yards and three touchdowns is the highest, you know, receiving total that Zeke has ever had by a lot. So the main question with Zeke, I mean, mm-hmm. if you think that he can maintain that level of equity in the, the, the Cowboys passing game, then, I mean, Zeke is a good argument for 101, I think. I, I personally like him more than either of the other guys we've talked about. Yeah. A lot I... of people... Go ahead. A lot of people are taking him 101 actually so i mean it's not a bad pick obviously he's a great player he's a great running back probably the best pure rusher in the nfl um and everybody knows the cowboys like love to run the ball um and they're gonna feed him no matter what so i don't mind the him going over uh players like 381 touches last year i mean yeah yeah i'll I'd take Zeke over everyone except so, Saquon. What do you guys think about what do you guys think about his receiving work? So the team added Tony Pollard in the fourth round, a running back out of Memphis who's a, like a pass game specialist. He's not going to eat any of Zeke's, you know, carries, but I mean, there's speculation that he could definitely eat into Zeke's receiving work and he might go back to the lower amount of targets that he was getting in his first two years. Not worried about that. I don't I don't think so. I mean, the crazy thing is, is that, like, they traded for Amari Cooper last year, and everybody thought, like, you know, Zeke's not going to get catches anymore or whatever. And then his uh, targets went up, you know, and he started catching the ball a lot more out of the backfield. And I think Dallas will still implement that um, philosophy into this season. And I think that Zeke all around – obviously is better than Tony Pollard, um, who they drafted in the fourth round. And I think, you know, I, or I don't buy into the whole Tony Pollard's going to take away targets from Zeke. Zeke is just a different animal. He's um, just a better athlete, and you want the ball in his hands as much as possible. So with that being said, I think Zeke's receiving um, upside is still there, and I think he can – either reach his 77 um, ceiling from last year or maybe even surpass it. And, and I think Zeke also has upside to get more touchdowns than he got last year. He only had nine touchdowns, which was quite a bit lower no. than Barkley and CMC. Yeah. So, I mean, I I mean, he had 15 touchdowns as a rookie. I think he could easily get back to that number. Um, yeah. I think there's definitely upside for that. Yeah, I was going to say that too. He, he'll, he'll probably – getting closer to 12 rushing touchdowns yeah. 10 to 12 just, rushing touchdowns yeah. easily it's just when you have a dual threat quarterback like Dak he's always a threat to um, get rushing touchdowns instead of handing the ball off to Zeke at the you know two yard line one yard line um, and all those always, games Amari Cooper just ran yeah I mean snapped. Dak Prescott's had six rushing yeah. touchdowns every year of his career so I mean I think he's probably good for that as in, in yeah. 2019 as well but, I mean, still, that happened in Zeke's rookie year, too, and he was able to get 15. So the upside is there for him. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing is, when it comes to touchdowns, the guy on this list that is the, the true the true GOAT, it's Alvin Kamara. I mean, he had 18 touchdowns last year, but he also had the least amount of touches between all these guys. He's the only one of the three who didn't have at least 300 touches uh, on the ground and through the air. 
Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think about Alvin Kamara? We know that touchdowns are – there's more variance in touchdowns on a year-to-year basis than, than yards and receptions and attempts. Like, that's a bit more predictive. Um, so Alvin Kamara could easily – I think, regress to the mean. I mean, 18 touchdowns is insane. I think only Gurley had more last year. By by regress to the mean, what do you mean by that? I like, mean, I mean he, regress to, like, I mean, 10 touchdowns? 10 to 12. I mean, he's obviously still going to be a factor. He's, he's, a, he's incredible. He's a dangerous scoring threat. He has been every year. But, I mean, I think that he could realistically finish with 10 or 12, like, not 15 or more. Yeah, I don't think he's getting that much either. I think it's definitely going to go down. I still think he's a... Uh, I would take him after all these guys, including Lev. I don't know if he could be a workhorse. If he can keep avoiding hits like he has been, yeah, but I don't think he's built to be a, a workhorse running back. I mean... But we'll see. I mean, yeah. uh, Mark Ingram's well, gone. Davius Murray's there, though, and he's, he's yeah, going to have the say, same workload. I mean, I would think, anyways, that, that, that Ingram had. I... Yeah, but, I mean, we just got to see. I think Murray's going to get all the goal line work. All of it. That's why they brought him in. Well, I think the Saints' philosophy as an offense is a two-running back offense and have a guy like Camaro. Um, to compliment a guy like Ingram or Murray. <clears throat> but to say that Murray will get all the goal line work, I think it's just wrong because Kamara gets goal line work just as much as Ingram did. And I don't think they're going to change it just because of Latavius Murray, who I believe is worse than Mark Ingram. Way worse. Personally. I don't think they'll I mean, change that. He's worse, but um, he's still good bit. for 140 I carries think... or, or a little bit more. You know what I mean? He's, he's good oh, to yeah. make I think... Kamara less yeah, yeah. because none of the other three guys we've talked about have anybody like that in their offense. Kamara's the only one who's going to be splitting work. See, my thought is if they're going to give Kamara, say, he had, what, 194 last year, so if they give him another 60 touches to get him to about 250, they're going to take away those short yardage like goal line carries or the, or the third ones and give them. The I don't think Alvin Kamara gets over two hundred carries. A hundred percent. He's that player. I think that the, I think that like one ninety four yeah, is I don't right think, where he should be. I think he will. Rece- I think that his carries and receptions will stay the same. Honestly, like I don't see his role increasing or decreasing. I think he'll have. I think he'll have about three hundred. That touches. could happen. Three hundred, yeah. three twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not that's not unrealistic. I just I really think it's going to come down to the touchdowns. I mean, the Saints were the third-ranked scoring offense last year. Are they going to be again? Yeah, I don't see they why have not. A good chance. Well, all uh, the pieces basically, if you look at it from last year to this year, their entire offense has stayed the same besides the departure of Mark Ingram and the um, addition of Latavius Murray. They still have Michael Thomas. They still have all their receivers. Um, really, no tight ends. So, I mean, you could argue that Kamara is the number one option, but he's probably the number two option in the whole offense. And Breeze obviously trusts him. And I think just with that trust and with him being the playmaker that he is, I think he has a good chance to keep on producing stat lines such as last year. Maybe not 18 touchdowns, but I could see him having 15 touchdowns. Maybe like eight rushing, seven receiving touchdowns because he's their second yeah, best receiver. one thing that's not the same like, as last year is I don't think there's that a doubt Drew Brees about that. is 40 now. I mean, I know it's easy to discount that because Brady's still doing it, but I mean, really who else has been able to maintain that level of play to be the third scoring offense in the league at age 40? I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable to see, you know, Brees not doing quite as well i mean if you really want to be 100 percent honest and you look back at last year like that team was getting you know wins at the end of the year because of their defense like breeze's deep field accuracy is not the same as it used to be i mean he still looks amazing but i mean he has michael thomas and alvin camaro like boosting his stats like i, I don't know i don't i could see this team being in the top 10 well, like i don't think they're necessarily a lot to be a top five scoring offense and if that goes down the touchdowns on their team go down they're not going to be top five. That's a great I think point. They'll, I think they'll sit right around seven or eight. So is Kamara at the bottom of all of our lists? For me. Hmm. 
He's even See below ya. DJ in love for me. Um, I don't know. I like Kamara a lot, so I can't really say. Where I'd be he's happier taking this, him but... in best ball because I know that those monster thirty-five point weeks that he gets. Yes. You know, he's kind of like a Tyreek Hill player where he's not getting the same volume as the other elite yeah. wide receivers, but the volume he gets is worth a little bit more because he's so electric and he's such good for those big plays, right? So, I mean, in best ball. He's yeah. the same as all these guys for me because you get the big weeks, but I think he's going to have more floor weeks than any of the others just because of his workload. In in yeah. best ball, I'll take him over everybody except Saquon. That's that's fair. Just just for that, for the outburst where he could score three touchdowns and have a hundred yards receiving and a hundred yards yeah. rushing. I mean, the dude did have a week last year where he had twenty targets and fifteen catches, and sixteen carries on the ground. Like, come on. Yeah, he had a James White game because Breeze can't throw it on field just like Brady. <laughs> Which does. benefits him. And especially since you mentioned I know, him I'm losing good. his deep field accuracy. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I'm saying to Ben. He was the one that oh. brought that up. Breeze losing his deep field accuracy or passing oh, yeah. accuracy. If that happens and if the regression continues... Doesn't that benefit Kamara more? It could. It could. It could. It could maybe hurt. Something you know, Traquan and Michael Thomas more than it would hurt. You know, Kamara. Trayway. Um. All right. So both of you have Barkley locked in as your solid one hundred and one. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sir. Now I also have a one hundred and one, and it's not anybody that we've talked about yet. Okay. Now, I'm going to get into this because I know that you guys are going to hate on this, but I need to tell you why the 101 is actually from a team that last year was on the worst scoring team in the league. Uh, They were the worst team in terms of passing yards per game. They were the worst team in terms of rushing yards per game, and they were ranked 31st in plays ran by the offense. But despite that, Mm -hmm. I'm taking David Johnson 101 overall in 2019, 100%. See, the thing is, is that I don't hate it. I just don't okay. agree with okay. it. What do you think about that, Jared? DJ? Oh, Ben. I mean, basketball, go for it, bud. Season long, I'm still taking Zeke. I'm still taking Saquon. But uh, DJ can go 103. He ain't going 101. I mean, if you're trying to gamble, go ahead. I'm oh, all for gambling. We're all, we're, that's why we do, that's oh, why we, that's yes why we do we're this. We're all for gambling. And I mean, you know, specifically, I've been talking a ton about best ball, and I've been playing in this $3.5 million best ball championship on draft, and that's in a field of 165,000 people. So I, one of the reasons that I love DJ, especially in that context, is, you know, it's a contrarian pick. So you know, you're getting a differentiated lineup by mm-hmm. taking a guy that's not the, like, you know, the traditionally thought consensus, you know, the traditionally thought consensus 101 pick. But, I mean, I just, I'm really bullish on David Johnson. So let me make the case, and I'll, I'm going to see if I can sway you guys. So I said all the things about Arizona's offense being terrible, but we know that, and that's why they had a coach be a one-and-done. He got fired because this team was absolutely terrible now despite all of the terrible offense david johnson still finished as the rb9 in ppr rb10 in 0.5 so i mean people forget because it's been a couple years but in 2016 he finished with 2188 yards from scrimmage nobody in the last four years has topped that none of the guys that we've talked about topped that and he had 20 touchdowns in that year he was basically a fantasy god then he got hurt in 2017, missed basically the entire season, hey, and I remember that he year. came back to a terrible coaching staff, a terrible quarterback, and a terrible offense. So they were basically last ranked in every major category. Now Cliff Kingsbury's coming to town, and basically all of the the evidence that we have to suggest what this offense is going to be like, it's going to be more spread. It's going to be trying to run a ton of plays, so there's no way – that Arizona is going to be 31st and plays ran, I, I would gamble that they would be top 10. Like, if, if Kingsbury can execute what he's trying to, no matter what, they're going to regress to the mean. They'll be in the top half of plays ran. There's going to be yeah. more pass involvement for DJ. I mean, he should be closer to 120 targets that he got in 2016 compared to the 76 targets that he got last year. 
Last year's coaching staff was just completely incompetent. They didn't play to DJ's strengths. And, you know, we're talking about these other guys as players who could do, you know, a thousand rushing, a thousand receiving. That's been David Johnson's goal. He's been talking about that for years. And I think that this year he could really get there. And I think that, you know, in a format like a best ball tournament or even any format, I mean, this guy's going to be top five, I think. And I'm willing to bet he's going to be the RB1 overall when it's all said and done. Uh, that's not gonna happen. But I agree with the co- the coaching from last year. All they did was yeah, run yeah. this dude straight to gut. Like the... he's he's more he's more of a like a, like a east west. I'm a, I'm gonna go around you. If I gotta run through you, get out of my way. But he's not gonna go up the middle. First of all, they don't have the offensive line for that. Second of all, they just don't have the offensive line for that. For that that's the whole thing. Like <laughs> I, they they create no holes I mean, for him. Third of all, that's the dumbest philosophy that any team can yeah, run in twenty nine. Nobody, nobody runs up the middle anymore. This isn't like I don't know, bro. That stopped when that stopped when the middle. That stopped when Jerome Bettis retired. I mean, yeah. The hold on, um, the key word that you said in your uh, soliloquy was execute. Yeah. Cliff has to be able to execute what he wants to do with the Cardinals. And can we agree that there could be a chance where he doesn't execute and this team could flop? He is a college coach coming to the NFL first season. Um, Just a whole different atmosphere, a whole different game, honestly. Different rules. Yeah, rookie quarterback. It worked with Chip Kelly. It did for the first year. Did it? <laughs> and what happened to him? <laughs> Some boy exactly. acted like it was Madden and traded everybody off. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, um, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and for sure the there is thing. downside. I mean, people are drafting Kyler Murray right now ahead of like Russell Wilson and and Matt Ryan. I don't know. I he's, he's I think he's the QB seven right now in ADP. I mean, I'm not that hyped to do that but the thing is is i think that there's no way that this offense is worse than it was last year when dj finished as the rb9 so i think oh, that rb9 that. is his floor in a healthy season and i'm just willing to bet on this team i mean even if they're only you know the 16th scoring offense that's 16 spots higher than they were last year so that would be huge upside for david johnson i just mm-hmm. I, lo- I i can't get enough of dj this year yeah no i like i said i don't hate it Okay, and I agree with everything that you said, and his floor definitely is top ten. Like he's just a great player. He's a great running back all around. He could do everything. He can catch. He can run. He gets touchdowns. Um, everything. He does everything. He could block, which is important to staying on the field, obviously. But they're not. They're just gonna, you know, they're just gonna run him into the ground this year. And can he hit one point one? Yes. All right, guys. Do I think that's the correct pick? I don't know. Ah, I, I I totally hear where you're coming from. But, uh, I mean, I think that was a pretty good discussion on 101. You know, Jared mentioned uh, Le'Veon Bell a couple of times, and I want to get more into that, but I think we could talk about Lev next week. He's a really interesting player. Um, you know, hasn't played in such a long time, and he's getting drafted at the bottom of the first round. Could easily easily be you know a top tier player next year so i think we'll deep dive into that next week but uh for now i want to get into some impact situations across the league some things that are really uh you know news based information based you know what is going on in the league and you know how will it impact fantasy drafts so first off let's talk about a couple of elite running backs that are threatening holdouts last week melvin gordon uh suggested threatened insinuated whatever you want to say he basically said that you know he's not playing this year unless he gets a new contract and you know it looks like we're headed for a situation where the chargers may not be willing to give him that and i don't know is this going to be a repeat of last year with Le'Veon bell and then earlier this week uh ezekiel elliott chimed in and said that he too is considering holding out of camp i don't know if zeke specifically said that or if it was his agent but um yeah uh Zeke's just talking. Zeke's just talking. Zeke just wants to be a part of something. You think he was hopping yeah, on the holdout bandwagon? Yeah, um, don't listen to his oh, ass. But I mean, with nah, Melvin don't... Gordon, 
definitely a possibility. Oh, no, nah, he yeah. probably will. He just don't want to play in San Diego. He's tired of it. Well, they ain't never going to play in San Diego since they're in L.A. now. <laughs> or yeah. Lo- Los um, Angeles, whatever. They're just, they just, they they ain't never going to win. I don't know what's wrong with them. They got so much talent. I mean, that boy, that boy Rivers cannot get over you know, the hump. Some people just don't have it in them. But I think Gordon will definitely hold out if he doesn't get a contract. Like I, do you think the Chargers would trade him? Zeke, I think. Yes, uh, <laughs> they don't. They don't care. Too. The thing is, is that I er, tweeted this. If you follow me on Twitter, but you don't need a elite running back to win in the NFL. You just don't. Like, these running backs, like, yes, they deserve to be paid because they are really good. Like, Melvin Gordon is a really good running back. <clears throat> but do you, they really, like, if you really think about it, they, do they really need him? I don't think they do. They still have Austin Eckler. They have Justin Jackson. They have some um, other young guys that can take the role of Melvin Gordon and... I would argue that like the old line is just as important or is just as important for running back success as the running back himself. I mean so that's all valid, but I, I mean you know. can't say that this team wouldn't take a step back in terms of rushing output if Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are, you know, splitting Melvin Gordon's work. I mean Melvin like let's not undervalue Melvin Gordon. It's more like I, I see where you're coming from with the offensive line and the position not being a necessity. So I understand why the Chargers aren't rushing to do this, but Melvin Gordon is a great player. Like, let's not shortcut him. Fantastic. I mean, we, we talked Amazing. about him damn near every week last year. I mean, he was getting... He was always priced under the other elite running backs. And he was producing a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Scored a sure. touchdown I mean, almost every week. We love Melvin Gordon, but... I mean, if I'm the Chargers, huh? I don't know. I don't know if I'm signing him, but... I'm shipping him off. Yeah, like... You don't need you could that just prove, you don't need an elite running back. I mean, it helps for the ultimate goal. No, you don't. But to get there, you I mean, don't. That's you don't all well need and fine. It. But I mean, in terms of fantasy, especially. I mean, where's Gordon going right now? Still first round, top top what seven, top eight. He's going. Yeah, I'm not seven. taking him there. He could miss the entire year. I mean, One. until there's more clarity, yeah. I'm just not going to draft him unless he's like in the third round. Or he's going ninth. ninth? Yeah, Sorry. still. That, that's a no for me now. With Zeke, I think that there is even less of a chance that he does this. I mean, for one, he's the entire Cowboys offense. I mean, if Zeke were to go there, like, yeah, there's Dak and Cooper, but, like, that's not going to be enough. Like, they need Zeke. Um, but not only that, like, just in terms of contract, if Zeke doesn't report to camp by August 6th, then he doesn't get a fourth year towards his deal. So he won't become a free agent in 2020. So... That would be him looking at an extra year before he gets paid anything. I just I don't see Zeke foregoing all that money. He's never gotten a contract. He just doesn't have the financial security to wait like that. Now, I mean, if August 6th rolls around and then Zeke still doesn't show up, okay, now, now we can actually have that conversation. But until then, I just I don't buy it. I think he's just trying to, yeah. you know, latch on to the Melvin Gordon news cycle and get his name out there and try and put some pressure on the Cowboys. But... Uh, I, I don't I don't buy it not at all. Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely 100%. agree with putting the pressure on the Cowboys, but I think it's just that what happened um, last year with Le'Veon. I think that set the precedent in these running backs' minds to like have the thought process of, well, I'm just not going to play if I'm not going to get paid what I feel like I deserve and. Like you said, Melvin Gordon is a great running back, and he's been consistent <clears throat> for his career when he hasn't been hurt. Like, he's been really good, scores touchdowns, everything. So does he deserve to be paid? Yes. But that's the thought process is Le'Veon Bell did it. He got paid. So now it's my turn. But that's Honestly, in my opinion, and if you guys have ever listened to this, you know how big of a Melvin Gordon fan I am. I would not pay him. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. We're all, we're all, we all think that about running backs. The data shows it. I'm not, especially. It was his knee he injured last year, right? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. I'm not. I'm not a fan of 
messing with anybody who has any injury. So that's another reason I won't take him. That's fair. Um, let's talk about another player who is a top tier player, but you know there's a huge question mark, and that's Tyreek Hill. So this has been going on for basically the entire off season. Um, you know he has some accusations, domestic violence stuff. You know the suspension is up in the air. You know there's been reports that you know he could miss the entire season, that the Chiefs would cut him. Chiefs aren't cutting him. That's that's clear at this point. The Chiefs are going to maintain him. Now the question is, what is the suspension? You know, I've heard a lot of analysts who do projections talk about projecting a six-game suspension because that's sort of the mean, you know, whether it's, you know, 10 games or four games or, or what is it. So that's what they're putting into their projections. But, I mean, we're talking about a player whose ADP is 49th overall. So are you going to take a fourth-round pick and put it in a player who could miss half the year or the entire year, you know? Goodell has done stuff like this before. You could put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. It seems like the public pressure and like the scrutiny online has gone down on this issue. Like, people aren't as hype about it as they were, you know, previously. Um, you know, I have no idea what's true and what's not. But but what are we doing with the information we have? Tyreek Hill at ADP forty nine. Are you guys taking that risk? He's going right ahead of Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, guys like that. Like players who would be solid to get on your roster in the fourth round. Do we have word on... So if he gets suspended, is it yeah. going to be the beginning of the year? Yeah. It's got to be, right? Yeah, then, yeah, I don't care. What do I need him, what do I need him for the first six weeks for? But it could... Sure. It could be the whole Give year. Give me him in the playoffs. It could be. Uh, well, I mean, people shouldn't be drafting this early. I think... But I feel you. If it, I mean, if it's six, if it's six games, I'll take him in the fourth all day. I mean, what what about for best ball? Because people yeah, are drafting a I ton agree. of best ball right now, and I mean, for me, best ball, no chance in hell I'm doing it because it's not something that you can make up with, you know, good matchups later on. We're talking about points, and we're talking about needing to get in first place out of twelve people. So I'm not I'm not wasting a fourth round pick, mm-hmm. one of my top four players that I need to score me a lot of points for six to four to eight weeks like that's that's you know a minimum of 25 percent of the season gone like nah i'm not i'm not not in a points league which is okay which you know is my main focus but i get where you're coming from you can make it up easier in a head-to-head head-to-head matchup setting if you i mean if you want to take a chance on tyreek and best ball then honestly my thought process I'm taking Kelsey first first round. Uh, grab whoever in the second. I don't know how early Mahomes is going. Fourth round. What's he going? Fifth round? Fourth round? Yeah, take Kelsey first round, Mahomes in the third round, and try to snag Tyreek in the fourth, and then take Sammy Watkins. Just go. Too. If you're taking Tyreek, if you're taking Tyreek, you need to go a full chief stack if you go on best ball. That'd be my best advice for Tyreek in this situation as of right now because we don't know like you said if he's out for the whole year then Watkins gets a boost Kelsey gets a boost but if he's in if he only misses six games it doesn't get suspended I mean Watkins will take a huge hit but now you have Tyreek also that's just for best ball in season long if he's six game suspension I'll, I don't care I'll take him yeah and redraft I would yeah, yeah, him in the yeah I agree. I agree yeah. with that. So, I would take him over those players just for the sole purpose that when, obviously, he plays, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL, and in that offense with Andy Reid and Mahomes, it's just explosive, and he has the potential to snap on any given Sunday. So, yes, I would take him in the fourth round, no matter if – He's suspended for four, six, eight games. If he's suspended for ten, then his ADP no, would if, it would yeah. drop though. If or he's suspended, if it was ten games, right now, right now yeah, people are yes, just taking the exactly. bet. I mean, if it's he's, probably like what? What would you say? Like a twenty percent chance that he gets no suspension? I mean, it's not likely, but yeah. it's it's a possibility. I mean, the evidence. I mean, people are poking holes in the evidence. I don't really want to get into that aspect of it, but I mean, I don't know. Um. So, six game, 
take him. This is for redraft. Six game, take him. Eight games, take Calvin Ridley over him. Ten games, pass. That's how mm. I'm going at All right, it. Alright, that's fair. That's fair. Because um. eight games is a lot. Yeah. You could go three and three and be fine. If you go three and five or four and four, you could be in trouble if you have people in your league that know what to do on. Three and three, get a top receiver back, you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, wide receiver, you know, wide receiver is replaceable, you know, as well. Yeah, yeah but sure. still. But I'll take eight games, I'm taking Calvin Ridley over. I'm, I'm a big fan of Calvin Ridley, so. It's still close to six games, but I'll still take Tyreek Hill for the upside late season. Because you know Mahomes going to chuck yeah, it. Yeah, and, you know, say he doesn't get suspended, first-round pick, right? Because he can win you any week at any time. Yes. Yeah. First-round pick? Mm, Probably I mean, early second. Early second, yeah, early second. second. Yeah. Latest, I, latest I would take him is 2 old I mean, four. yeah. I, like, you're going to be looking that, and you're going to be like, all right, Tyreek or, like, Julio Jones. Well, I mean, I mean that's a that... toss-up for me. Probably take Tyreek if it's 16 games. But, I yeah. mean, we'll, we'll have more news on this soon, hopefully. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping this isn't a situation where it's, like, we're still trying to find out a week before the season starts. Like, it'd be nice if we could find out. I mean, we'll know next week whether or not he reports to camp like it's suggested that he will. So, you know, we're going to find out some more news on this. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. keep talking about it as, uh, as more news comes out. But... Uh, let's talk about another situation, and that's the Browns' offense. Now, this team is getting drafted like it is going to be one of the top five offenses in the league. You know, there's a ton of media hype. You know, this is like the glory team. You know, this is the team that everybody wants to be amazing. Everyone wants to see Baker to Odell, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry. They've got Kareem Hunt coming in for the second half of the year. So do we believe the hype? Is this going to be a top five NFL offense this year? Yes, sir. Oh, God. Top five? Maybe top ten. I mean, I about top if you look at the at these players' ADPs, you know, Odell Beckham, top of the second round, Nick Chubb, second round, Jarvis Landry, sixth round, and Joku, seventh round, Mayfield, seventh round. Like, these guys are getting drafted. Like, this is going to be one of the best offenses in the league. So, I mean, we, we have to either agree with that yeah. or not draft Honestly. Them, like, like that. Honestly, I don't I don't care who you have. You gotta produce. And I'm not taking wait, He's what like is Jarvis? Sixth, seventh round pick, depending on if it's like PPR or point five. Oh, that's not bad, I guess. Um I mean, I don't think they're gonna be a top five offense. Top ten, hundred percent. But I think they're gonna be like like eight. I mean maybe I mean nine. A top five is a lot. The case for them, I think, is strong. Like, the first case is they have, you know, elite skill position players at basically every layer. <clears throat> case number two, Baker Mayfield, yeah. you know, set a rookie record for touchdowns, so can he take another step forward? They added Todd Monken as their offensive coordinator, and this was the guy who made Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick every week fantasy starters just because his, you know, philosophy is throw, throw, throw. And, you know, they made... Freddie Kitchens, their head coach, over, you know, Greg Williams last year. You know, there there's a clear organizational focus on making this team an offensive team. So that's what they're trying to do. You know, that's what they're aiming to do. They brought in Odell for that upside that, that him and Mayfield can produce. You know, it's the best quarterback Odell's ever had. I mean, we don't we don't need to say why the upside is there. It's just it's just the ADP. Everybody's getting drafted, like this is already a done deal. If you look at their offense on paper, it's the best offense in the NFL. Yeah, Hands I don't out. think I could argue with that. Wait, wait, wait. On paper, it's the oh. best offense uh. in the NFL. But like Jared said, you do have to produce. The NFL is a league where you have to, you know, you have to show that you can do it. First year head coach, second year quarterback, you know. This could go either way, but I mean, I, I I'm personally inclined yeah. to believe it. Like, I mean, I think that that Mayfield to Odell could be like a legendary duo. Yeah, I mean, I'm I I'm all I'm all for it happening. Like, shout out to Baker for I don't know. <laughs> I hate Baker Mayfield. Oh my god, 
I hate him, but he's a good player. I, I'm, uh, yeah, they'll be good. Top eight, eight, nine. Go I for think it. they'll be top five, and I think their ADP is probably where they should be in terms of <clears throat> each. So of their they were the thirteenth uh, team in terms of total offense last year. Do you guys want to take a guess on what the last time they were in the top fifteen was in the league prior to last year? Is it in this uh, decade? No. Is it in this... Uh, oh, really? It wasn't when they went to the playoffs with Colin Winslow? What year was that? Uh, early 2000s. 2007. 12 years. 12 years? So, that must have been with Colin Winslow. Probably, Ahead because every other year they're in like the bottom five, for the most part, over the last 12 years. I mean... Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, la- the last thing on the Browns is, I mean, what do you guys think about this Nick Chubb and Kareem yeah. Hunt situation? Nick Chubb has a second-round ADP. Kareem Hunt has a ninth-round ADP, and he is guaranteed to miss eight games. So what do we think about this? I mean, can Nick Chubb be a second-round pick if you predict a significant amount of his work to be eaten into by Hunt starting in Week 9? It's just... I think he can, but you got to have another running back that you can play as your RB1 for when Hunt does come back week nine, if that makes sense. So, <clears throat> if you're drafting Chubb as your RB1, say you draft a receiver in round one, you draft Chubb round two, I would say you want you would want to focus on getting another running back in you know round three or round four that can be your RB1 because I don't think Chubb will produce as a second-round pick or an RB, RB1 once Hunt is in the fold. Agreed. Um, Chubb, Chubb is no thing. Yeah. I'm I mean, I can see that. Chubb being a top-five running back for the first eight weeks of the season. I mean, I'm, I'm willing – I mean, if okay. you're – Then what about the – Well, if you're willing to take Tyreek Hill, you know, I think that – you should be willing to take Chubb because, you know, yeah. I mean, Chubb is going to do oh. it. And it's not like he's just going to fall off. You know, if he's one of the best running backs in the league for the first half of the year in this offense, then they're not just going to stop. It's not like he'll go down to, like, 10 carries a week. Like, yeah, maybe he loses some receiving work. But yeah, if, right. it, if it's working, if, if they're in the best situation to make the playoffs they've been in in 10 years, like, they're not going to just lean off of Nick Chubb. He was the second-round pick last year. I mean, they love this guy. I think, I, I think love if Nick you draft Chubb. Chubb, yeah, I think if you draft Chubb in round two, you gotta get Cream Hunt in whatever like round nine, round ten if he's there. I think you have to have both of them. See, I disagree with that. I'm not doing that because if, if I draft Nick Chubb in the second round, then I'm not investing another ninth round pick, you know, on Kareem Hunt because I'm believing that Nick Chubb is going to validate his second round ADP that he's going to be worth that pick when the year is over so like if i see half of his production dipping off for half of the year like i'm not going to make that pick in the first place like for me it's going to be either one or the other if, if i miss on chubb i might be willing to take a bet on kareem hunt if if i like the rest of my running back depth for the first half of the year and if i if i draft chubb then i'm just believing that that pick is going to work out and i'm not taking hunt at all i think the smart thing would be to take hunt and pair with chubb what if chubb gets hurt and now you have another number one running back who's worth I mean, that's the first fair, but pick. you could, but you could get running backs that if their starter gets hurt, they become number one running backs in the fifteenth round or the sixteenth round. Like I'm, I just don't, I don't want to invest in a handcuff like that. Name, name another running back in this league that's a backup that if they were a starter, they would be a first round pick in fantasy. What do you mean? Well, no, but the thing is, is that if Chubb gets hurt in the first half of the season, Hunt still has no value. Whereas if, like, Carrion Johnson gets hurt, C.J. Anderson is going to get 20 carries a game. Or if Joe Mixon gets hurt, Gio Bernard is going to get, you know, a workload. Like, those guys, yeah. like, I would rather draft those guys as, as, you know, that player. No. So, just uh, real quick. So, we're actually kind of off on Cream Hunt's ADP. His ADP, according to Fantasy Football Calculator and PPR Leagues, is 8.02. So, he's going in the top of the eighth round. I wouldn't take him there. But he's going ahead of guys like Ronald Jones, 
just name just the names of running backs: Ronald Jones, Jordan Howard, um, Royce Freeman, Austin Eckler, Lashawn McCoy. So it's like as he should. Yes, he should, and he's going to miss eight games. And at him being at the top of the eighth round is where he's going is is high for a person that's going to miss eight games. In I'll take the upside for the playoffs. Fifteen, sixteen-game fantasy. Yeah, exactly. The the upside is crazy, and just a clear drop off from him to the running backs below him. Like this dude is elite, but. It's just a suspension. I don't know if you could do it at the top of the eighth. I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50 on that. If you guys want to pass, yeah, I'll I'm, take him. I'm not taking him. You know, I mean, you could get later. You could get Deontay Foreman, who could be a starting running back on a top offense by, you know, week two. Or, or He's going yeah, to, he's I, going I, to I be. I agree. Because Lamar Miller Deontay is Foreman's garbage. one of my favorite picks. I would rather take him and think that he's going to start more than eight games in a top offense this year than Kareem Hunt will. If he's if he starts ten games, like I would take him over. I'll take him over Kareem Hunt if if uh, we get some word that Lamar Miller's heading out of heading out of Houston. Yeah, I don't think that'll be the case, but I just I think that Foreman could overtake him. But e- either way, yeah. um, so Joe, you you agree with Jared that uh, that Hunt is worth that ADP? Yeah. I'm 50-50. I don't agree that it's worth an eighth round. What about ninth this. round, which is where I was the ADP I was looking at was best ball. So ninth round. I mean Yeah, just cuz of the running back depth below him. Like if you just look at him and then the running backs below him besides maybe Foreman, but that's kind of like a speculation pick. Um I just think Cream Hunt's too good. And I think when he does come back, that the Browns will use him and Chubb um, together, just just like uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara in New Orleans when they uh, played last year. All right, um, that was a good discussion on that. We'll go over some more news <clears throat> and and stuff like that next week once we have some more reports of training camp activities. Uh, do you guys want to close out this show with the lessons that we learned? From our DFS play last year, what what did we do last year that we can improve upon this year to to improve our game, improve our ROI, you know, whatever it is. Whoever wants to start can go. Um, I'll start. So I guess the biggest lesson that I learned is, um, and we all kind of agreed on this, is that you know not to play those receivers or running backs that are in good matchups and you know they might be high owned and we think you know they're they're gonna do good and they just end up flopping and it kills your whole week um i think that's something to stay away from there was a lot of uh like Cortland sutton plays last year um <laughs> i remember playing john ross and cash the week that tyler boyd and aj green were out yeah, because i thought yeah, that all john, of a sudden he was gonna get 10 targets got like two targets John Sterling. Ross, <laughs> my Sterling boy. Like, like we did this time and time again, where like a receiver, yeah. like Emmanuel Sanders, got hurt. Yep, Cortland Sutton is eighty-five percent owned. He's he's like four K. Like everybody's playing him in cash, and we're and so we're yeah. sitting there like, of course, in a cash game there is a downside because when the guy's eighty percent owned, it's like you're almost going for the block more than the than like believing it. So I yeah. understand that aspect of it, but like. It was just a bad play, and it was like a bad play time and time again. And mm-hmm. just because a bad play is popular doesn't mean you should make it. You know, make the smart play, even if it's not the popular play. Like that is something I think we all did as a podcast. Is like, you know, three guys that are texting constantly about this stuff. Like we kept getting on the same page with these chalky, you know, cheap wide receivers that were shaky plays. But it's like, well, we got to do it. They're chalk and cash. Like, no, nah, I'm not doing that this year. I think that was one of my biggest yeah. leaks as well. Yeah, that it like messed everything up for me honestly and also like not tweaking my lineups enough and not um like on Sundays like if you're behind after the one o'clock games and you have four o'clock games you should try and see if you could tweak your lineup to get some um differentiation you know in your lineups to maybe cash and I feel like I didn't do that enough um as well just that how about you Jared 
Well, I'm going to head towards more GPP this season, and I need to learn. I learned in baseball this year how to stack better, so that's what I'm going to do for this upcoming season. Because last year I didn't do that at all. I just picked random ass people that I liked. And I think a key to winning a, G a GPP, especially for me, single entries, because that's all I play, is uh, stacking. By stacking, I mean quarterback to receiver to tight end, quarterback to running back to tight end, something like that. I always like getting the tight end with my quarterback. That's one of the things I like For to sure. Do. And that's a good point. And I know that it's not exactly the same because you're talking about single entry, but I mean, the concept remains true. Like in the Millie Maker last year, just, you know, you need to be the highest percentage possible, like output to win the Millie Maker that week. Like you're probably going to have one of the highest scoring you know, lineups on DraftKings and 16 out of the 17 Millimaker winners last year stacked on their rosters. The only one that didn't was a Lamar Jackson week when he rushed for a ton of yardage and was low owned. So, I mean, that's a huge percentage. That's over 90% of Millimaker winners in 2018 stacking on their rosters to get the highest output on DraftKings. Like, it's just, it's just a, it's like a must, I would say. So that that's definitely a good thing to like prioritize yeah, for sure. sure. I mean, that's why all these best ball videos I'm doing, I'm focused on stacking because I'm talking about winning a tournament with a huge field. Like you, it, it's just, it must be done. Yeah. And mm -hmm. another key to winning like a single, I mean, this is more for most, uh, mass multi-entry, but for single entry, you got to find a guy that's under 10%. Yeah. That's that's what There's I think. any I, contest, honestly. Well, more for GPP if you want to yeah, take it down. GPP contest, yeah. yes. You need yeah. to find like players. when I won the tournament, I got nobody. You, I don't know if you guys are gonna know who it is, but Clint Frazier plays for the Yankees. I got him at seven percent. He hit two home runs that night. He was the highest scoring player on the slate, and I got him at seven percent. That helped me win the tournament, it boosted me above everybody else because nobody had him at the top. And if you could find that low guy that goes off that day, you're golden. You have a huge advantage. I had a 93% advantage yep, on that's whole leverage. Field. That's leverage. That's what's up. Um, so that's a good thing. For me personally, the lesson I learned, definitely similar to Joey's with chasing these chalky wide receivers. Another thing that I really need to improve my game upon, and this is less DFS, but it's like, well, it is DFS. It's bankroll management. Like, I had a problem last year where I would be invested a certain amount. And then like it would be an hour before lock and then I would like double it because I was getting thirsty for more action. And I was just like, like I did not stick to my bankroll management whatsoever. Like I was like, all right, this is how much I'm going to play. And then I would end up playing like 1.5 more than that, you know, every single week almost. Like I, So I just need to be better about managing my bankroll, not getting thirsty when it's an hour before lock and just mass entering all these tournaments because it's just not good. I don't think it's smart. I think it hurt my overall... ROI because most of those last minute entries are into tournaments, not cash games where, you know, I'm the best player. My, my strength is cash games. So um, I think I just need to be better disciplined with my own bankroll management. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, dude, that's hard because them Sundays, them Sundays hit different. When, fo when, <laughs> when football yeah. season's I mean, on, bro, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing like a 345 sitting on the couch scrolling oh, know, through DraftKings. Right? Yeah, nothing, it's, nothing. it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. And, you know, I mean, personally, I don't even count week one. Like, I look at my bankroll for the year starting week two because I just know I'm going to go overboard on week one because I've been waiting for a year to do this. So, like, week one, I'm just going to snap. I know I am. <laughs> not even going to try and keep myself in check. <laughs> yeah, just, just enter as many contests as you Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Um, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> $2,000. Spend all the money you wanted that tournament last year. So, uh, do we have anything else, guys? Or are we all set here? Uh, I, think, I think we're all good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, use code upside if you go on drafts. Hang on. I'm going to ask that again because I need Joey to predict that he's going to win the Millie Maker. Oh. And then yeah. me and yeah. Joey let's see this. Trash okay, so... Um, <laughs> Alright. Well, so um, Alright guys, is there anything else we need to talk about or are we good to put this one in the books? Yeah, um I'm gonna win the Millie Maker this year. Oh. 
Put nine into existence. Okay. Yeah. Is, is this yeah. like is this like something oh. you've seen in the stars, or are you just like trying to speak it into existence? Like, yeah, like so. Like I was mm-hmm. asleep one night, right, and I had a dream mm-hmm. that I won it. So, it's fate. It's gonna is happen. It... Gonna oh. have the so first you... member of the DFS dose to wow. win the Millie Maker, JD Carrion three hundred on DraftKings and I'm gonna win the one. The championship on best ball too with my team, so I'll just throw that out there too. So two wow. million dollars. That's awesome, man. Damn. Well, you know, Calling listen, right I now. I support you. You know, I love the clout that would bring us as a podcast. So I'm all for it. Um, I'm definitely going to be checking in on a weekly basis with you about this. This will be a staple in our podcast. Uh, we can start every episode with uh, Joey's Millie making. You know, recap. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. Uh, no, you know, I mean, do you think? I mean, it would be a shame if you won week one because then we would have nothing to talk about all season. But that'd be funny. You know, I think I think there will be more and more pressure on you to win it. You know, each week that goes by. So I'm all for this. Yeah, and I mean, just research, research, and you know, hopefully I make the right plays. But bro, that's yeah, a that's months. a contest that big is just straight luck. Does luck exist? Just, you need to be on the right side of. Uh, <laughs> Does luck exist? I don't know. We'll see if Joey was. We'll, we'll see if Joey wasn't really making this season. If it does, then he's definitely lucky. He's <laughs> terrible idea <laughs> uh, All right, that's that's awesome, guys. I think that's going to be it for this week. You know, it was awesome to be back potting with you boys. Uh, we will be back every Friday from now until you know what February. We're grinding. It's grind yep. time. Okay, so. You know, shout out to Grind everybody time. who's followed February. us on Twitter over this past month or so. Uh, keep it coming. We're going to be doing all sorts of stuff, trying to do contests, you know, get the Slack channel up and running, get some people in there. So uh, for sure, subscribe to us, Apple, YouTube, anywhere that you get your podcasts. See now, guys, our Twitters are on the screen, so you know where to follow us. Hit us up on Twitter, subscribe, YouTube, Apple, everywhere that you get your podcasts, and we will be back next Friday. Talk some Le'Veon Bell. Talk some of our Do I just point below me? betting props you can make on this upcoming NFL season and much more. We will see you guys next week.